Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, and I am, um, again, a recovered, (laughs) compulsive overeater. Today is Monday. It is January 25th, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're on page 24. We're going to revisit that last paragraph for reading, which begins when, the, when this sort of thinking, and then we're going to keep our, get our comments ready for page 25, that first paragraph. Now, today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Tina S., the 12 traditions, Betty W., and our readers of the text today are... The first reader will be Santa H., Mary B., and then Do L. The reference number for Sunday special edition of January 24, 2016 is 8405. That's 8405. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tina S. to please read the 12 steps. Thanks, Janice. Tina S., uh, compulsive eater anorexic from Florida, and these are 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12 having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive river readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. And thank you, Tina S. I will now ask Betty W. to please read the 12 traditions. Betty, style one to unmute, please. Good morning. I'm sorry, Janice, I thought I was unmuted. Uh, this is Betty W. from Central New York, a compulsive eater, and good morning again, Janice, and everyone on the line. Uh, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Can you hear me now? Hello? Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. No, nope. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay. Um, did you hear my fir- the first one that I read or no? Yes, you can Okay. Yes, go ahead. For our group purpose, two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'm sorry if there was a um, a, um, a space in between my reading them, but somehow my phone probably isn't working properly. Um, and thank you for listening and um, and your service. And I pass. And thank you, Betty W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study of the big book on page 24. We're going to revisit that last paragraph, and um, going that that's going to begin with when this sort of thinking. And uh, we're going to read two paragraphs and comment on get our comments focused on that second paragraph on page 25. At this time, I will now ask Santa H to please begin reading. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there has been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confessions of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple toolkit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of happiness, and we have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence, of which we have never dreamed of. Okay. Um, what I get out of this paragraph, the first part of it tells me the step process. If the solution is in the steps, and it lets me know that the self-searching is step four and five, and um, the levering of our pride is step six and seven, and the confession of shortcomings is step eight and nine that is required for our successful consummation. And what this reminds me of, it takes me back to page 14 that I love, that says, simple but not easy, the price had to be paid, immense destruction of self-centeredness, and I must turn to all, turn all things to the Father of life who presides over us all. So that's what this process is telling me that I must do. But then I get down to the next portion, which was very difficult for me, is accepting my hopelessness and futility. And I was one of those individuals on page 48 that I love, talks about being beaten to a state of reasonableness. It says, faced with alcohol destruction, we soon came, became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we try on other questions. But with respect to alcohol was a great persuader, and that was true for me. I finally was beaten into a state of reasonableness. It, says it was a tedious process, and yes, it was. And I love this line because I chuckled, but this was me. It says, I hope that no one else would be as prejudiced uh, for as long as some of us were. And I was. I sat in this, in this room. This, 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 I was approached by those who the problem was solved. But I had to be beaten to a state of reasonableness. And at, at that point, then I was ready to accept the solution that says there's nothing left for us. And that's what happened. I, there was nothing else for me to do. 
but pick up the spiritual toolkit, these steps, and work this program like my life depend upon it. And when I did that, um, I read the promises, and the promises are stated in the next few lines. It says, found much of happiness that had been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. And so just sharing a little bit on that, um, on that fourth dimension for me today, this, this paragraph reminds me that it comes down to basically doing one thing, and that is surrendering. You know, and that, you know, these steps um, has taught me that it's about living in harmony with the power greater than myself and with my fellow man. And the promises, the rewards are simple. And what it is for me today is harmony, is happiness, and contentment that I have received that there's no price that, price that you can put on this. And you understanding today that it was my inner self that was sick. It was my inner self that needed help. And there's something that someone said on this line that was really helpful, and I'm going to end with this, is that um, I was hurt by life circumstances, um, but it's my fault. It's not my fault what happened to me, but it's my responsibility to, 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 um, to find restoration. And how I found it was in these 12 simple steps. And thank you for allowing me to share with that I passed. And thank you, Santa H. Okay, at this time, who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Um, and that would be there is a, a solution. Okay, Melissa C. I heard Kathy. This is Bella. Can I share? Reva P. Larry. I heard Tina S. Marion H. All right, we're going to start with Kathy K. Amy G. I heard Larry, and I heard Bella, and I heard was who else? Reva P. Melissa C. Yeah, Melissa C. That's who I was. Marion H. Okay, we'll go Tina to the S. Next group. We'll go we'll start with those five and then we'll go to the next group. Kathy Kay, you're up first, please. Thank you, Janice, for your service. It's mm -hmm. Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. And I I just love this paragraph and um I had never realized until Santa shared it how the self-searching, the leveling of pride, the confessions of shortcomings uh, actually align with many of our steps. Um, so what th this uh, paragraph is really telling us is that the answer to our problem is in the working of the steps. It's not in a food plan. It's not in... Um, uh, abstinence alone, although both of those are essential to being able to find a higher power, which is absolutely essential to working the steps. Um, I, too, was someone who was offered the solution in many different ways, um, but wasn't really open and willing um, until I had hit a bottom uh, and knew that I had tried everything else and I still was irritable, restless, and discontent on a regular basis. But as it says here, when we were approached by people for whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the spiritual tools laid at our feet. Um, you know, whether you discover this in your first month or many years into program like I did, um, it's still there as a solution. And it's 
so clearly laid out in this paragraph what we have to do. I also want to say that when I first came to program, I thought that I had done the necessary self-searching um, because I had been in therapy many times over the course of my life. But what I didn't know was that I had not really looked at it from the point of view of my part in creating resentment and fear, which always led me back to the food. So the pro the approach we are offered, working in partnership with God and um, doing a thorough and fearless inventory and sharing it with another fellow traveler, all of those specifics of our solution is what makes recovery possible. And with that, I pass. And thank you, um, Kathy Kay. Okay, Amy G., it is your turn. Good morning, Janice. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear can me hear okay? You well, I can hear you fine. Great. I'm just wondering under 36 inches of snow whether I can be muted a little bit. <laughs> okay. There is a solution. Is in italics. It's giving us like a big heads up. And I can understand why for most of us reading this, we're like eight pages in into a chapter called There is a Solution. And what have we been talking about in the last eight pages? We've been talking about and reading about the nature and the fatal nature of this disease, the physical allergies and mostly the mental obsession and ultimately how powerless that I truly am if I am a real compulsive overreader because of my sick mind and my warped mind that I have crossed over. And once I've crossed over in this mental obsession, there's no going back. I have placed myself beyond human aid with my own thinking. My own thinking is my own liability and that I am absolutely and 100% powerless to fix myself. And I have to get to that point. And it says here in the further paragraph, as others have stated, when therefore we are approached in the, with whose, by those in whom the problem has been solved, there was nothing left for us to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. And again, the spiritual tools being the steps. It talks about this in step one in the AA 12 and 12. Why all this insistence, like they've been insisting for the last eight pages, that every AA must hit bottom first? The answer is that few people will sincerely try to practice the AA program unless they have hit bottom for attitudes of actions that almost no alcoholic who is still drinking can dream of taking who wishes to be rigorously honest and tolerant, who wants to confess his faults to another and make restitution for harm done, who cares anything about a higher power, let alone meditation and prayer, who wants to sacrifice time and energy in trying to carry AA's message to the next sufferer. No, the average alcoholic self-centered in the extreme doesn't care for this prospect unless he has to do these things in order to stay alive himself. And that was exactly the case for me until I was willing to admit defeat and understand that I was powerless and could not fix myself in any way, shape, or form, or that actually I would be in the way, that I needed to pick up this simple kit of spiritual tools. And I think they use the word specifically, laid at our feet. We, as, as people who carry the message, can present the problem, but ultimately I have to be the one that picks it up and says, I surrender and be willing to take the action steps that are necessary to recover. But again, they say recovered, the problem has been solved, and that there is a solution all in this one paragraph. 
On top of which, it says if we're willing to do this, what an incredible promise. Look, I see the world, we see the world in three dimensions. They're talking about a fourth dimension. When I read that, I'm like, fourth dimension? That means something I can't even imagine. When they talk about heaven in a different dimension, I can't even see it, I can't even feel it, I can't even touch it. I don't know what it is, but those are the types of miracles that this program brings to us. That's the kind of solution and the hope this program has. It certainly has been that case for me. Absolutely 100% for many on the line as well. So come join us. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much, Amy G. Okay, Larry Kay, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So, yeah, it, um, you know, when therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, you know, there was nothing left for us to do but pick up this simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. You know, the, the, you know when we look at the, this problem, you know, the first time that I ordered and consumed an entire pizza myself, I think I was about the age of 13. I remember it well. And you know what happened? All my fears were erased. They were gone like magic, you know, and if you've been scared your, your, your whole life and you've been given, you know, something that, that makes all those fears go away and you don't search for more of it, you're probably crazy. And, and, you know, so it's the most rational thing in the world for me to do. But you see this, this noose around my neck, this disease, this, this allergy of the body, but but more insidiously, this obsession of the mind, it, it tightened, it tightened. And eventually, you know, that pizza didn't erase all my fears anymore. It took a number of years, it took some decades, but eventually it didn't work anymore. And, you know, when I came to, the, to, to, to these rooms and I saw not many others, to be quite honest, but I did come across someone in whom the problem had been solved. It wasn't just that he wasn't, picking up his, he didn't find it necessary to pick up his binge substances anymore. You know, that was true enough. But it was that this guy had a peace and serenity, and, and, he, and he began to talk to me about, you know, what he did in picking up this simple kit of spiritual tools. Because before that, you know, I saw it through the round pie. I saw it through the, you know, the pills. I saw it through running a marathon. Those were all my solutions. I would get the euphoria of just deciding that I was going to train for a marathon <laughs> when I was a, a Clydesdale, you know, that I, I mean, I couldn't run a block, but I would get that euphoria just making that decision that I was going to do that. See, I thought that was the solution. Just like when I spent, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars on some other solution, some pills, some holistic this or that, the lap band was on its way, believe me, for me, you know, I would get that euphoria. The problem had been solved. Well, it never had been solved. My problem, I had to understand what my problem was. You know, my, my dilemma was, was had to do with selfishness, self-centeredness, and it had, that had to be removed, and I couldn't remove it myself. God would have to remove that for me. And when God removed that for me, as the result of these steps, all manner of living changed. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Larry Kay. Bella G, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. 
to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools. Wow, yes, since, since I am living with, by the 12 steps, yes, I was reborn because thank you God, thank you God, now I am connected to, a, to the real power, to a loving and accepting power. Today I am no, no longer connected to my ego. And since I am connected to a loving, accepting power, a higher power, I learn to be connected to my inner me, not to be afraid anymore, not to feel embarrassed and guilty. And today I can be connected to my feelings and not to run away, not to run to the food. And yes, sometimes I feel the pain, uh, the sadness, and thank you, God, I am not afraid anymore. I learned to pause and to say, yes, this is the way I feel. What can I do? I have the tools, and the tools for me, the 12 steps, is like a GPS. I, I never get lost. And yes, sometimes I don't know what to do, and it's okay. I am not afraid anymore. I, I don't feel guilty anymore. And today I am not a people pleaser anymore. And yes, when I don't know what to do, I always have those friends in the line to call them and to say, well, I am stuck. I don't know what to do. Please help me. And I know that those people on the line, they are the same as me. They will not blame me and judge me. And they are like me. They went through this. They can tell me, <clears throat> sorry, you know, I am not alone. I am not alone. And yes, today I can say very happy, yes. I have the power to choose, to choose the right choice one day at a time. And this is the spiritual tools, because today I am not connected anymore to my ego. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Bella G. Okay, Melissa C., it is your turn. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Thank you so much. Um, I just love how those words, there's a solution, you know. Um, because, yeah, this whole chapter, although it's entitled that, it's all been really about the problem until now. And, um, you know, when I first started listening to this meeting, um, that's what I heard here. I heard that there was a solution. And um, and that was just the most beautiful words I had heard because I knew the problem really well. Um, that part I had gotten. And, um, you know, when I heard that, that the problem had been solved, not that people were solving it, you know, not recovering, but recovered. Um, that just gave me so much hope. And so I decided, you know, that I was going to believe completely in whatever it was that, that you were doing. Um, and, and that was reading the big book, following the big book. And so when I came upon, you know, doing the steps again, 
um, this time. I, I had the mindset that I was going to approach it with new eyes and that when I came upon pieces of it I didn't like, and there were lots of things I didn't like, um, I wasn't going to operate anymore on what I like, you know. And one of the things that I do to remind myself when I feel thoughts of, I don't want to do this, I don't like doing this, you know, I just need to remind myself that um, I, I can't operate on what I like any longer. You know, what I like got me to over 300 pounds. What I like got me eating round the clock and holding on to resentments and anger and sadness and grief. And so, you know, I, I had no alternative but to pick up the spiritual toolkit. And, um, you know, the, the, the fourth dimension, um, yeah, mind-boggling. What is that? You know, it's, it, you go to a 3D movie, you put on the glasses, and you can see things jump out at you. And this fourth dimension is, you know, I'm connected to, to the spirit of the universe, I, you know. And for me, living in the fourth dimension means that happiness does not come from goal weight. You know, I always thought fourth dimension, epitome of happiness meant when you reach your goal weight, you're super happy. And um, fourth dimension means, you know, I might not be the exact weight that I envision as perfect, but I'm happy. I have peace. I'm happiness. I have usefulness. I'm connected. Um, I live in agreement. I've released my resentments. And um, what could be better than that? Thank you. Is that all pass? And thank you so much, Melissa C. Okay, we're going to go on. We've got plenty of time. So we'll we'll uh, take that next group. I think Marion, were you first? Marion, what's your last initial? Your first initial? Your last name? H. I'm sorry. H. H. Marion H. Okay. Who else would like? Elaine B. Elaine P. P. I have Marion. I have Elaine. I have Let's have Roxanne. We have plenty of time, so we'll take one more. Chris W. Didn't hear anyone. Chris W. Something W. Is it Chrissy W? Jody. J-O-D-Y. Jody W. All right, we'll go to the next group. we got time. So we'll start with Marion H., please. Marion H.? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, good morning. This is Marianne H. from Florida. Thank you so very much for your service. Oh, I think you. we lost you, Marianne. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. I just want to say ditto to everybody what, what they said and to, to try. I'm very nervous. Uh, I just need to say that even though I'm a very long time in the rooms, but this is my most favorite meeting and my home meeting, and uh, God cannot help me if I, can, if I do not help myself. And I know that willingness is, has to come. It, although it comes from God, with God's help, but it has to come from me. And I, and I am working on that, and, I, and I've been slipping and sliding in the rooms for the past 40 years, yo-yoing, and I'm hoping that with God's help, uh, 
this is this is it. I do have a vision sponsor, and I'm just you know working one day and one minute at a time, and I know that the willingness does have to come from me with God's help, and that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for letting me share. God okay. bless. Thank you, Marion H. Okay, Elaine B. It is your turn. Hello, good morning. Thank I'm you. Sorry. Thank you, Janice, for your service. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. Can I be heard? You can be heard. Fabulous. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, from the very first times I uh, threw up my hands and came into these rooms, I could see a difference between people who were uh, who had worked the steps and were continuing to work the steps and the people who hadn't. The difference was profound to me. You know, they were the examples, uh, um, you know, that the book talks about in the prior paragraph of the people who had picked up this spiritual toolkit and what. My understanding is that much of the spiritual toolkit is based on the six precepts of the Oxford group, I think explained in one of the stories, page 262 or something like that, a little later on in the book. But um, the very foundation, it, it, it needed to be married with the doctor's opinion. Um, and, you know, for several pages here, we've been talking about the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem. And why is that? We need to identify in with what the problem is because we need to put the food down. We need to fully concede to our innermost selves that we have this problem. And if we don't, we're not going to be willing to pick up that spiritual toolkit and, and work it every single day. Um, and so I, I, I kind of knew this. I'm like, these people were glimmers of hope for me in the rooms for actually for nine years. I was trying and trying and trying. Well, about six years, I was really trying to work the steps. And I just couldn't get through it. And, and you know, I didn't understand. I, I, I didn't know that there were certain things I couldn't eat. There were certain behaviors I couldn't do. Or that I was going to get dragged by the tail right out the door and back into the food. And that's exactly what happened to me, even though I had been hearing about the 12 steps, I hadn't been hearing about the doctor's opinion. And so one of the beautiful things that I so appreciate and love about A Vision for You, your dedication to this book, but also your dedication to the doctor's opinion and the um, commitment to abstinence. One other thing that was so helpful to me is, um, you know, I found a sponsor that said, work through the steps quickly. You know, um, don't, don't sit and listen to teachings on every single step before you start. Don't sit and wait until you've been abstinent for 90 days before you start. Don't sit and wait until whatever happens, till you're perfect, <laughs> till you start and all the stars line up and everything's fine. Just start. Put the food down, keep it down, and just start. And I'll tell you what, I did not know that I was out of alignment with a power greater than myself that could do this. And because I thought I had a relationship with God, but it was the very step that cleared the wreckage between God and I so that every day, every time I need it, I can lean back and access a power greater than myself for my problem of food, for my problem of life, my problems of work, for every problem that I have. There is a solution, and I pass. And thank you, Elaine B. Reva P., it is your turn. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I love this paragraph. I loved it when I first came into program. It gave me so much hope, and I love the reminder, because after identifying in 
with um, who I am and what it means to be a real compulsive overeater in the pages before. In case I didn't notice it at the top of every page that tells me what the chapter is called, um, he puts it in italics right there, that there is a solution. And I needed to hear that and I need to continue hearing that all the time. And I love how it's a singular A. There is one solution. We have all different versions of this compulsive overeating disease, but there's one solution. It's not there are a couple of solutions and it's a multiple choice and you can pick from A, B, or C. There is a solution. And what is the solution? The solution is the action steps. And he focuses on the action steps of four to nine. Um, and picking up the kit is another action word. Um, and I, I just wanted to share on this business of none of us liked the self-searching and the leveling of pride and how it also describes it in the um, 12 and 12 in the AA book because, you know, a lot of this is not fun. Like seeing my character defects and seeing my mistakes, it is the easier, softer way to just numb out on food. Um, but thank God I did reach a bottom where it was futile and hopeless um, to keep numbing out, to try to blot out the pain, blot out my shortcomings, blot out everything, every possible emotion. Um, and I had an experience yesterday with work, um, and after you know, praying on it, meditating on it, journaling, I realized I could have done a lot better. <laughs> that was not really the best... Uh, the best way to do the work, and it isn't comfortable. Uh, change is not comfortable. Recovery is not always comfortable, but I see the problem solved in others. I see people who have been totally transformed physically, spiritually, mentally, totally, mind, body, soul. These are not the same people, and it goes way beyond the weight. And that motivates me because I know if I pick up the actions, I get the same results. A solution, do the same thing, get the same results. And the promises are things that we can't even dream of, like it says, can't even imagine. So, yeah, I don't always want to do it. I don't always like doing it. doesn't matter. I just do it. Um, and then I get the same results. With that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. And Roxanne B., it is your turn. Roxanne, star one to one. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Good morning, those in the fellowship. This is Roxanne B., recovering in Michigan. And there are two thoughts that come to me from the reading today. One is the beauty of humility. And the other is that we've been given a gift. Um, The wording that a spiritual toolkit has been laid at our feet reminds me that God gave um, the wisdom to Bill and Dr. Bob and the first 100. And through them, we have been given this toolkit. And it has been placed at our feet and the picture I get is of someone bringing a gift to a king you know where you where you humbly put something before someone you lay it at their feet and it's as if we are 
um, held in that kind of esteem by those who have gone before us and who have served us. They've laid this at our feet. They don't lord it over us. They humbly offer it to us. And then it is for us to pick it up. But it is a gift. And how could I ever turn away from such a beautiful gift that's been brought right to me and laid at my feet? All I have to do is reach out my arms, pick it up, and put it to use. Those are my thoughts for today. Thanks for letting me share. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Roxanne B. Okay, Jody W., it is your turn. Jody, the Jody W, please press star one to unmute. Am I unmuted now? You are. Okay, I'm sorry. It took me a while to do it. Good morning. This is Jody W, compulsive recovering overeater. I want to look at the sentence, but we saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. I I began talking on this line, or not talking, listening, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, December, I guess. And it's interesting that those two sentences should come together and the, and the order in which they come. Um, I had finally surrendered. I had come to believe I had finally surrendered in the hopelessness, utility of life as I had been living it. But hearing on the line and hearing over the years going in and out of the rooms that it really does work for others, those two kind of went hand in hand. I think I think having experienced and other people who I could see it really had worked and then listening on this line was part of what made it possible for me to surrender so the order there is interesting. You would think it might come the other way. First you surrender and then you find others who have done it. But in many ways, it went the other way. Um, I just had a final sense of I can't, I, I really can't solve this. It really is something beyond me. And it really, and I came to believe in a way uh, someone said earlier that if I follow these steps, I will have this that I experienced in others. So this is, this is one of the greatest demonstrations of why human beings meet each other. Uh, this is the way we heal. Uh, I'm so grateful for this program, which I believe came to the grace of God, however you understand God. And uh, I'm grateful for all of you who have maintained this morning program. I've uh, listened to it regularly and has become one of my regular meetings along with my local one. And uh, with that, I'll pass. And thank you for sharing, Jody W. Okay, we're going to continue. Would anyone else like to comment on this uh, paragraph? James. Oh. James, in your la- your first initial to your last name, James. <coughs> do you James, uh, your la- do you have a first initial, please, to your last name? B. A B as in Bob? C as in Cat. Oh, C. But I was close. Okay, and Sarah? I heard... D, I heard do L. Did I hear Sarah Carrie. trying to get in there? Carrie Sarah w. And Sarah w. Roxanne T. Sarah W. Roxanne P. Is that right, Roxanne P? Well, anyone else? Leah. 
Leah. Yes, Leah M. Okay, we'll start with James C. Please go ahead, James. Cannot hear you. Star one to unmute, please. James? Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. Good. Okay. Thank you for your service, and thanks for everyone that has been online as well. Um, just a, a great day today, I'll tell you. Um, I, I, I want to pick up on the read where it says, um, we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life that we had been living. You know, I, I think about, you know, the, just what brought me to the, to the rooms, to the process, to this program, to the spiritual experience, what had actually humbled me to this extent when I started asking the better questions. Why are things not working? Why are things continuing to bug me? Why are things continuing to, to eat at me that I'm just carrying months after months and years after years? I'm just carrying the, the, the load and truckloads of resentments that possibly could just, well, not possibly, you know what they do. Uh, I don't have to go through that. But I just, just the futility of life itself. Um, although although I, I sat in the church, um, did service, did things, um, still, you know, uh, basically undercover for the most part, um, not being honest with myself, or, and more importantly, not being honest to God. But I, I want to just say that the simple kit that was laid at my feet, you know, I like that, that idea of something being laid at my feet. It wasn't forced on me. I didn't have to pay for this program. You know, I, I've historically have paid for programs and, and threw out money for things that I thought were valuable, that I thought they were going to help me and coaching and so forth and so on. But, you know, this thing was free, and I had to pick it up. You know, and this is what my encouragement is to anyone who's starting this program. You have to pick it up. Um, you have to pick it up for yourself because it is your program. And then we are rocketed into a what's called a fourth dimension of existence, um, which we had not even dreamed of. And I, I really want to say, you know, being a former distance runner and, you know, still continuing to run to some extent, but, I, you know, one of the things you'll notice in an elite athlete is their ability um, to, for recovery. Your, your ability to perform is, is, is how quickly you can recover. And what I love about this program is the speed of recovery by which, you know, we're able to recover. I, you don't have to wait months, weeks, a day. Within an hour, you are recovered within you know, we stumble, we fall, we pick up a resentment, we, we do a 10-step, we do a turnaround. We're recovered. We're, we're, we're back, back on pace again. And that's what it's really all about, about the life. And we're rocketing into a four-step dimension, or, or a fourth dimension, I should say. This is nothing other than walking a spiritual life in a three-dimensional world. We walk by faith and not by sight. We have a hope that goes beyond our experiences, our educational levels, and in our own strength. And we rely on a God that who does the heavy lifting. He's <laughs> He's done the work. He's laid the course, and we exercise and live His will. And with that, I want to pass. Thank and you. And for- thank you. And thank you, James C. We have four more, and if we just uh, keep it to two or three minutes, we'll get done. Do well. You're up. Do well. Press star one, please. Good morning. This is Duell, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from New York. Um, let me just put my timer on here for a minute. Oops. Um, I guess you'll, you guys will do it for me. <laughs> Can't 
to do it. Anyways, um, I just wanted to touch on that point. Um, there's a solution. Thank God for their solution. Um, you know, it says so many uh, want to stop but cannot. And, and right after that, they italicized there's a solution. You know, there's a way out. And I remember being on the hamster wheel and not being able to get off. Um, you know, um, binging, purging, doing the whole nine yards and just not having a way to get off that hamster wheel. Little did I know that there was a side door on the hamster wheel that said exit and, you know, exit to God. And, um, and all I had to do was take a pause and go through the, the door. Um, but I didn't know how to do that. <clears throat> so, you know, this, this program um, shows us that this is, not, this is not a program that, you know, um, that time, time is not a tool. In, in this program. Um, you cannot get better by watching other people get better. Um, this is a program that you have to work it. You have to work it. And, you know, and they give you um, some, some tools here, um, you know, where it's the searching and leveling of pride, um, confession, your shortcomings. And some people may think, wow, that's, that's really hard. That's really tough to, to go through that. But you know what's harder? going through this disease, going through the obesity, going through, um, you know, the cardiac arrest, going through the diabetes, going through all of these um, other problems that, that we get as far as health problems um, because of our compulsive eating, you know, our rottening of teeth, I mean, like not being able to stand, not being able to breathe because of the overweight, um, and so, you know, here's the solution that, that helps you to get to a better way of life. And I tell you, I, I love the fact that I've been approached by those who the problem has been solved because today I am one of those people that the problem has been solved and that I can pass this on to other people. And it's just been uh, rocking into that fourth dimension. So many people mentioned it already um, about getting connected with that higher power and what that looks like. And you don't know it until you try it. You know, um, I, I just remember my sponsor telling me one time, do you know what it looks like to be recovered? Why don't you try it first and see if you like it? And then if, if you don't like it, we'll, re we'll refund your misery back to you. And you know what? Once I tried it, I liked it so much I stayed with it. So I'm, I'm grateful for today for the recovery that I have. With that, I pass. And thank you, do Oh, okay. We have three more. A couple of minutes apiece. We'll be we'll bring it right up to the end. Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters, as some people say, and I love that. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, I guess for me, a lot of what this paragraph talks about is the hope of the program. Um, and, you know, I'd like to invite anybody that's struggling to, um, first of all, to say, I'm glad you're here and, and not to leave. I think that's a really important thing. I did leave for a while, and it really doesn't get better. It really plummets us to a place that's uh, worse than we were before. So. Hang in there, and, and an open mind is always a, a good idea. Um, I guess the idea of 
something that the process requires these things from me. And as an addict, you know, uh, I'm I'm a very rebellious human being, and most of us are. And I think to keep enough of an open mind, it's kind of like um, things that I've tried before didn't work. Am I willing to try something different? And um, for me today, things aren't perfect. You know, we all have struggles. My biggest problem was I didn't know how to live life on life's terms. And at times, I still struggle with that uh, as a recovered person. At times, things come up that are very painful, whether it be in my family or whatever. This way of life has given me um, a way to walk through them with dignity and grace and also to allow me to have my feelings and not to eat over them and to have enough intuition at this point to be able to work through stuff with the help of my fellows and, of course, with my beautiful higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Roxanne P., you're up. Hi, Janice. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Thank you. My name is Roxanne T. I'm recovering in New York. Uh, and I just love this, uh, again, the, these, um, the founders, you know, almost none of us, you know, like the self-searching. I mean, they're, they're just so loving. They, you know, they, they, they help me to identify with the problem, and then they help me to identify with uh, how uh, I have insanity. And, um, of course, anyone would think that they're doomed, you know, after hearing stuff like that. But here they say that there's a solution, you know, that I can actually experience freedom from this malady. And they say that most none of them like doing the work. So I think that's very comforting because someone said, see, you're just like our founders, so welcome to the club. You know, that's what they're saying. Welcome to the club. You're just like us. You know, you have this disease. It's it's physical, it's spiritual and mental, uh, and but there is a solution. Uh, but the, you know it's not a sim- you know it's simple, but it's not easy. And uh, I, you know, not liking it means that I'm just not comfortable with it. And for the first time today, I actually, when we were listening to this, I could identify with people. You know, would say that how sometimes prisoners in prisons become institutionalized and that they're, they don't like being in the outside world. They feel more comfortable being locked up. And I said, wow, you know, I think I have a little more understanding of that, you know. Even though uh, it took away my freedom being in the food, there was this sense of comfortability uh, that kept me unfree for so long, that kept me in the, the clutches of this disease. And now that I'm feeling more freedom, um, I, I, you know, I'm doing I'm going to begin my, my ninth step amends uh, that, uh, you know, there's a little fear there, but, you know, now I know God is about my back. You know, it, it, the freedom isn't as scary. I'm learning how to live on life terms. And uh, thank God for that. And God bless you all, and I pass. And thank you, Roxanne. Okay, Leah M., you can wrap it up for us, please. Oh, thank you. Um Just take one minute to a very powerful paragraph, certainly one that uh, takes us from the hopelessness of the earlier paragraphs to a message of hope and shouts the good news, you know, that there is a way out. And who is doing the shouting here? Uh, Well, if I had to focus in on a sentence, I guess, 
perhaps this one would be appropriate, when therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem has been solved. That's the responsibility of those um, who are recovered, and that's the uniqueness, unfortunately, of this meeting and perhaps other meetings in cities and towns um, you know, where it's been lacking. It's been lacking. Recovered people have been lacking. Uh, thank God through the teaching of these 12 steps and the text, you know, people um, are realizing that since a higher power re- resides within each and each of us equally, we are all presumably uh, have the same spiritual potential, the same spiritual potential to live a life that's meaningful, that's useful, and that's free. And we have a responsibility, those who are recovered, that there's a lot of power in the fellowship, absolutely, and that power may keep you abstinent for a period of time, that's true, Um, but eventually you're going to go back to overeating and you're going to maybe die from untreated compulsive overeating. The real solution of compulsive overeating lies within the vital spiritual experience through the working of these 12 steps that are uh, written about in this paragraph. The power of the fellowship supports us, that's for sure, but it's the power of the common solution which is going to change us and save us. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Leah M. And thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. Great meeting. So please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Mary B. please read page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Thank you so much, Janice. Thank you for your service this morning. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered from Central California, currently in Southwest Arizona. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 